0: All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of The Good Life EDU Podcast. And I am so grateful to have the opportunity today to chat with one of my good friends, Tara Martin, uh, with DBC Inc. And uh, Tara and I go way back. Uh, She's someone I always appreciate getting a chance to chat with. And we actually had a conversation as part of the Future Ready Nebraska Conference main room sessions, uh, which those are still available online if you'd like to check those out for any of you that registered. Uh, And during our conversation, we kind of arrived at a point that I thought was just really fast and one that I wanted to follow up with Tara about to kind of explore a little bit further. And that was the idea of what might professional development look like for teachers during this summer. And, and most of us are probably saying, oh my gosh, let people have a little time, let them have like the opportunity to get away from school and just recoup and re-energize. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, For people who are interested in professional development through traditional means, Cool. Awesome. I'm still going to conferences and learning some things, but our conversation today is going to consider what alternatives might be out there that might get us out of our familiar education-centered experiences, but might still feed into a productive um, and a healthy, like I guess, step forward or growth um, for our professional practices in the fall while re-energizing at the same time. I'm kind of saying a lot there, but that's really the premise for our conversation today. So I'm excited to welcome Tara Martin to the pod. Tara, thanks for joining us.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me, Andrew. I always love chatting. I think we always have some fun conversing about anything and everything. So this should be awesome.
0: (laughs) I totally agree. I, I so appreciate your perspective on things. And when we get a chance to chat, it's always just a great time. And so for people that don't know you as well as I do, Tara, can you give a little bit of your backstory?
1: Yeah, certainly. So I am Tara Martin. I live in Kansas. I have one boy, Caleb, he is 19, he'll be 20 next month. I can't even believe it. And I'm married to my high school sweetheart. And that's, that's kind of the basis of my family. And then as far as education and professional roles, I've been a teacher. I started out as an elementary teacher and then moved into instructional coaching where I spent the bulk of my time in the educational system as an instructional coach and as a district level coach, then moved into administration where we started an instructional coaching program from the ground up. So I was at the district level of administration and had honor to supervise coaches of all different levels from elementary to high school and also to work directly with principals to help better our instructional practices in any way that we could possibly make it easier and more efficient for teachers to be able to do what they do take things off their plate that need to be taken off and like use our time more efficiently with the students. So I had just an awesome role that way. And then now I work for Dave Burgess Consulting as my title is called the director of PR communications, but that doesn't really say what I do. I don't think a lot of people are like, what does that even mean? I still ask the same question. I, I do a lot of the graphic designing for, any kind of promotions for our educator authors. And then I also spend a great deal of my time doing mentoring and coaching, which obviously you notice pattern here, um, with authors and helping them to work through the writing process if that is what they are needing. Writing a book is an emotional roller coaster, you know, (laughs) Andrew. So I get to do a lot of different pieces and I work a lot with them when it comes to launching the book and dealing with all the emotions that come with that as well as the actual physical putting it out there into the world and providing them the resources to help share their message. So that's kind of what I do. Uh,
0: And you can tell the consistent thread through all that is just having a big heart for educators uh, and being there to support and being considerate of who they are and where they're coming from and what they're going through at any given moment, which uh, I think is not only innate to like who you are, but the impetus for the comment that you made that sparked our conversation today, uh, which is to say, Well, PD for this summer, you want to share your idea? I feel like it's not my idea to share. So I'll let you kind of like set up the the premise for this.
1: Yeah. So um, when we were talking, well, first of all, like backing up a little bit, I feel like in each area of my roles, like all the different roles, I'm able to gain these new levels of empathy, right? To serve the people that I serve. And I think this is going to play into what I'm going to say in just a moment and i didn't mention that i'm an author too so i'm actually an author as well and that really helps me to serve authors because i know what i felt when i went through and so there's lots of times where i can say i don't feel exactly what you feel but i can i get you like i i want to try to get where you're at and i feel like i can relate a little bit because i've gone through it a couple of times and so when Andrew and I were talking, we're talking about professional development doesn't necessarily have to look like reading a book and doing a ton of book studies and spending all your energy and time learning education materials. There are so many things we can do that's outside of education that we actually bring in later and it just, Works Right. So there's so many things I think on people's bucket list or maybe it's just something you've always wanted to do a new skill you've always wanted to try. And when we are able to jump in and try something new, then we are able to not only put ourselves in the shoes of our learners when in the fall, you know, so like I'm mixing two things together, but say we're going to jump in, we're going to try knitting for the first time, I've never tried knitting, but I've always wanted to try it. And heck, I'm just going to go in and try it this this summer. So you start learning this new skill. Well, you, then at that moment, you become a beginner, right? And so you start to embrace this beginner's mindset. And you understand that, you know what, I'm just gonna to have to watch a few YouTube videos and try this again and again. And when it screws up, I'm going to get frustrated. But as you're going through that process and you eventually create this product, this thing that you want to deliver to the homeless, right? Maybe they need uh, little pit towels or some, whatever you're knitting. <laughs> they need whatever you're knitting. And so you're going to not only create this thing, but you're going to also have it serve a purpose. Through all of that process, later when you're teaching in the fall, you will likely reflect upon this. So as a student is learning a brand new skill, you can say something like, you know the summer i decided to embrace the beginner's mindset try something brand new make a splash right try something it was scary i screwed up a bunch of times and eventually i got this skill and when i was able to deliver it to someone who i thought really needed it it was such a blessing to them and that feeling that you have and they will be having similar feelings they're learning a new concept and they're scared of it and it's it's intimidating and they mess up and they grow from it and eventually they feel very confident that they're able to you know help their peers but i think there's so many things this summer that we can kind of dive into and try and going in knowing that i'm probably going to be able to use this in my content later you know not necessarily paralleling everything right now but then just knowing like I'm having fun and I'm not feeling guilty that I'm not like studying my whole entire summer because that's what teachers do. But I'm actually gonna have fun and know that somehow, some way, this is gonna help me serve my people later.
0: Gosh, and I so love that because I do, I've heard it from teachers that I've talked to that they're like, yeah, I'm not doing anything this summer. You know, I, I, I know I probably should, but I just need this time for myself. And what you're talking about there with education materials, that's what they're saying. That, that guilt comes from this, Years of routine where, yeah, you kind of get to the middle of June maybe and you really start to invest and look into that next year already and uh, needing that mental reprieve. Yeah, I I love this thought of trying something new as a way uh, to potentially learn what it's like to be in that, that learner's seat once again. Uh, And you talked about being able to draw parallels as you enter into the fall Uh, and something that I think kind of comes alongside that. And so as you were sharing, even the example about quilting, you're going to make connections along the way. You're going to have conversations that you would not normally have. Uh, And those I find tend to spark ideas, tend to give you another resource, right? So what happens when a student comes up to you fortuitously in December for uh, when they have choice in uh, what they're going to put together and and some, for some weird reason, right? Like they, those two things align. Like I, I yeah. I've gotten a chance to go and learn um, some video production skills and, and had a student ask once, Hey, you can help me out with this. And I helped to a certain extent. And then I was like, by the way, there's a person here in town who's a professional that I can put you in contact with. And I don't know if they followed up, but like you have those resources then uh, to point your learners to, which is kind of a cool thing to think about. And uh, I just think that speaks to a larger, I would share it in class, actually. I would tell my students, I think there's a beautiful, like, reciprocity between life and work when it's, like, done correctly, where whether it's emotionally, sometimes I, I feel like when work is really hard, then life seems to balance out and support me and vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. But I also learned so many things in my day-to-day that directly impact my ability to be an effective educator in the classroom. And that's really awesome when those things happen. So, sorry, I'm getting a little rant there, Tara, but I, so much of what you shared resonated with me. So I don't know if any of that kind of spurred an idea for you too, or?
1: No, totally. And I think, uh, especially during COVID, I really noticed I noticed how much I had not appreciated life, right? All the life that was happening around me. I was traveling so much. I was speaking all over the place. And I just missed out on just some cool things that just even watching the ducks in my pond at certain time of the year, which is like the early spring. I honestly never knew we had ducks in our pond at any time. (laughs) Like that's how busy I always stayed. And I would eat breakfast out there during COVID and I started noticing all these little ducks and you see them. And I mean, every day I was just like, gosh, I hope all of them find a mate. Like it was just like, I was so invested in these little ducks, right? (laughs) Um, Making sure that they all like paired up eventually and then flew off. And it's just little stuff like that. And I started to notice how I would just take these little things that were happening all around me. I started to notice them and write about them and how they, how they fit with the life or how they work with, you know, someone talking about relationships or maybe our kids at the school, like trying to pair up and find a friend, you know, how did they, um, these little ducks would like flutter their wings and trying to get the other one's attention and different things. But just talking about just being yourself. I mean, one of the things I paralleled with the ducks is I felt like the ones that were just themselves, that they weren't like overly trying so extra hard, those are the ones that ended up pairing up first. And so I kind of just felt like, you know, that's kind of a message to us in the world. Like we just need to be real. We just need to be us and it's okay. That's kind of like what people love. When you try to be so extra, you're trying to be something that you're not, it doesn't really work. You're like, you're the last one to pair up and then I'm over here worrying about you. And so I think, you know, there's just all kinds of things if we take our time and just let summer be this time where we can actually reflect but also that we can just enjoy the things that are happening around us because eventually you take those things and if you journal I'm a daily journaler so it was really easy for me to go back and look at some of the things that happened and then parallel them to like a situation so if you journal or something like that document it with video pictures things like that you can show them to your kids and It just helps to relate their situation to real life or their content. Maybe it's some big content and you want to share it with your little kid jumping off the diving board for the first time. He was terrified. He was just like standing there and just like, I don't know if I'm going to jump. And then it finally jumps. And then the next time he's doing a trick, you know, and how that's how it is with this math concept. This first time it's going to feel scary. It's going to feel, and you're showing a picture of your own kid you know jumping off the diving board and look at him after 10 minutes he's like trying tricks already so this is kind of where you're going to be just in a couple of weeks of learning this concept just reminding yourself to enjoy all those little things they pass really fast and um, a lot of times they are the best teachers really
0: gosh so many examples to play off of that right mm-hmm. I, I would agree that uh okay so recently i had the good fortune to take my kiddos to an amusement park Uh, My daughter, who is 10, loves roller coasters and has gone on them for pretty much since the time she reached the height to qualify to get onto the rides, uh, where my son has not. Uh, And so we finally, after he watched my daughter and I ride a couple of different times... He said, okay, I'm going to try to go once. And so we went and he picked the seat and I sat next to him and I had my arm like kind of leaned over to keep him back. But then the next time he chose one a little closer to the front. And then the next time he chose one a little closer to the front. And then he was okay with going with just his sister. And then before too long, the two of them are in the front seat of the like highest roller coaster in the entire amusement park. And you're right. That was, gosh really models the process that we go through in terms of ushering learners into uh, new ways of thinking and knowledge and experiences and the skill development. And eventually they can do it on their own. And they're sitting up front, just having the time of their life, driving the experience. And uh, I, I love that. And so I guess if we had to kind of quantify these as uh, examples or topics that as we're talking about these today, you could say that, okay, you can de- develop a new skill, right? That, that would be a way to learn and grow over the course of the summer. It doesn't have to be an education. Uh, you can be a little more mindful and, and just be aware of the things that are going on around you and the teachable moments that life presents us with every day. But sometimes we don't see the ducks because we're so busy, uh, <laughs> like taking off and doing all the things we're trying to accomplish. Uh, and I would say another one uh, that I've picked up at least recently. So I'm curious if you have anything to play off of this potentially as well. But I've started to read this book uh, on stoicism, where you get a quote a day and a couple paragraphs. uh, And it really just kind of grounds you in something to meditate on potentially, or just to to focus that mindfulness in a certain direction each and every day. Uh, And then absolutely, I've already found quotes and things that I've been able to like infuse back into other avenues of my life because I was exposed to it. So where are you? uh, Is that does that resonate with you at all? Or is journaling kind of that piece for you?
1: Yeah, I would say journaling probably is that piece for me. I've had, I have a ton of different, like, quote a day, scripture a day, all these different things. And I feel like I don't ever follow through with them every single day as much as I do just journal. It's just kind of my practice, right? But a lot of times I start with quotes. Like, uh, I'll hear a quote or my coach in class will say something that sparks a thought, and I want to start with that. And then I will write underneath it. Exercise is very much a part. Of my daily routine, I know most people that know me at all. They know that, and you know those kinds of things just kind of fuel my thought process and kind of help me to to like in exercise. If we talk about that too, so say you try something new, try not competing with others. One of the things I find so valuable about my CrossFit journey, particularly, is that I'm always competing with myself and I'm always trying to make the next PR. Yeah, all the people in class really push me. To new levels, but it's all about me looking in my app and finding out what was my last weight or what was my last time on this test, and how will I move forward in that way? I'm not worried about if I'm going to beat the best athlete in the in the gym or if I'm going to beat the worst one. <laughs> I'm just really worried about if I'm just going to beat my next time. If I'm going to try. And some days, uh, you know, this is kind of a little off topic, but as we're considering this thought. I recently wrote a blog called Not Every Day is Game Day. And I think this is really important because I think a lot of times I get this way. I want to beat that PR, right? And not every day do I beat it. And it's not every single day that I'm going to make progress forward. In fact, there are some days when I go back, like some days I go into training. I didn't drink enough water the day before. I didn't eat enough protein, whatever the case, didn't get enough sleep. And I may or may not perform as well as I know I can. And I think that has to be a part of the process. And I would say most days are training days. Most days we are training for something, right? And that's kind of what we're talk- talking about here in the summer. We're just trying some different things. We're going to soak up the summer. They are training days because one day it becomes the game day. And that's when. And all the stuff kind of starts to come together. And we realize that all the things we went through, all of the hardships, all of the good days, the PR days, the days when I couldn't even remember how to lift days, um, the days when I didn't notice the ducks, the days when I do notice the ducks, <laughs> the days when I didn't jump off the diving board, the days when I did jump off the diving board, did some tricks, all that stuff starts to come together. And we implemented in this situation, in a teacher situation, maybe it's in the middle of class when we're trying to teach this lesson. And all of these quote-unquote training days come together and you're like, I went through all that for a reason so I can share this with you and be able to relate this concept in a very real way that you can take it and apply it and it means something to you. It's not just page 22 of the textbook. And so most days are training days. If our athletes, if our Kansas City Chiefs were playing a game every single day, I'm telling you what, my boy Mahomey would not show up like he does every day game day that we see if his game day was every single day one he would be injured and two you just can't sustain that level of performance and so as humans in our minds in our work as we are reflecting on what we're going to do this summer not every day is game day some days are training days and most days are training days and we need to just accept that some days I will say in training, some we have rest days. We have rest and recovery days. Those are as important as the hard core workout days. So keep that in mind as you're going through the summer too and trying all these things. Professional development looks so many ways. And I would say professional development is our training. It's It's the training that happens inside the educator. And that doesn't necessarily have to be taking in all this knowledge from a textbook or from a speaker. It can be just training in life that we later put together on game day alongside all the things we've learned from speakers or books and stuff like that.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. This is, it almost makes me feel like we're in the off season training, doing some like cross training workouts, right? We're, we're mixing up our training routine where uh, we're not learning from the in-person firsthand experiences of, of working out in the classroom each and every day. Um, and maybe our coaches aren't there or some of the you know other people that would normally support that. But it's really a chance to develop some muscles in some different avenues, which is what our conversation is about here, which has been so great. I just see so many parallels. And uh, I would add, since we kind of have run through a number of topics from working out to To reading, journaling, Um, I'm going to add to this too family, and I really have found since I, well, from the time I first became a dad, the parallels and the lessons that I've learned from being in that role and have drawn have immensely benefited my time in the classroom uh, in terms of just being able to think differently about how to reach different learners and what those conversations and interactions can look like. And you're like, wait a minute, how can, you know, hanging with a, a five year old or now 10 and seven year old um, really speak to how you deal with 18 year olds? Because that's a pretty different age group, obviously. But I, I do think that it's it can be pretty profound, the impact. So would you uh, say the same? I mean, do you feel like that there's ever times where family sort of, you see that, again, that beautiful reciprocity where like home life complements work life, but in, in that sense, truly just the people in your home, engaging them a little more.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Being a mom, I would, like when I introduce myself, I almost always introduce them I'm a mom first. I, I think it's my most, I it's my favorite role in this life, honestly, but it's also the most challenging role that I've ever had ever. And so I I think there's so much about parenting that we can learn and we learn along the way. Still learning as long as you're a parent, you're like, you're a forever learner. Um, but I do, I find that one of the things when I was talking about earlier that dealing with people, I just find that I develop new levels of empathy as Caleb has gone through the teenage stage and now just graduating college. I, I have found that I just have this whole new level of empathy for parents that have had to experience that. It's just, and then when you're dealing with the students that are about that age, you remember like, wow, you know, they are thinking just so many things and it's so hard to try to inject just a little bit of, you're going to make it out of this, like it's going to be okay, but you It's so weird because you have to like navigate, how am I going to talk to him? Uh, I will say this is probably not, you might have to delete this, but it's fine. I'm going to tell the story anyway. So funny. So it was a TikTok video of all things, but it was, um, I can't remember the actress. I forgot her name, but she said, it's kind of like she was talking about her teenage son. She said, it reminds me a lot of an awkward crush that you have like in the work world where you're like hey would you um like to come down and eat dinner i mean we're gonna have dinner in a few minutes but i mean if you don't want to if you're busy it's fine they're like still looking at their phone not paying a lick of attention to you and so she just goes through this whole spill of how awkward it is like sometimes being a mom of a teenager and i really think you know just understanding that other parents out there are doing the same thing and then how do we actually reach students at that age you know, later, now that Caleb is almost 20, he'll say, you remember when you kind of stopped tucking me in? I was like, yeah, I mean, you were like 16. I figured it was kind of weird at that point, you know, like, you know, I mean, I would just stop at the door and be like, good night. night." But then we'd kind of quit going upstairs. At some point, we just like yell upstairs. Good night, Caleb. And he's like, you know, I kind of miss that. So now, I mean, even at 20, we'll just go upstairs and say like up to the top of the stairs and say, good night, bud, have sweet dreams, you know, not, we're not officially tucking him in, but it means something to him. He still remembers the day we stopped doing it. And so I would say to parents out there, you know, looking on the backside of things, I I realize that students really want us to say stuff to them. They may be looking at their phone and they act like you are weird and no, they don't want to come eat dinner with you. They're going to eat as soon as you're done and dirty up all the dishes. But um, but they actually care. They care that you ask every single time and it actually means something to them. It's just like this weird front they have going on. So I, I would definitely say being a parent has helped me to like relate students better.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I uh, I'm a big proponent of love and logic. And I learned about that first for my family and for like raising my kiddos. And in my time in the classroom, really found that the lessons from that, like also are applicable to the dialogue I was having with with students in that setting. And uh, it, it's I bring that up at this time, at least not only because that was family influencing Uh, the classroom. But I I love listening to podcasts, surprise, as somebody who hosts a podcast (laughs) that I would really like to listen to those. And I was listening to Dave Asprey's Bulletproof podcast, and they were talking this week about love and logic. And it was really fun to kind of revisit some of those things. And uh, so maybe in that, I should say that not only can you learn from family over the course of the summer, but maybe by revisiting ideas and things that you've learned before, but that relearning and a reinvestment in those might lead to a deepening of those ideas within us that would make it all the more accessible in the moments that we might, when it might be advisable to go there when we're in the classroom.
1: Totally. No, I definitely think so. And I, I think there's, you know, it's always good to refresh our memory and remind us of the things that we always know. Like I knew going up and telling Caleb goodnight was just like a great thing to do. I mean, I would have wanted that as a kid And why I stopped doing it, I mean, I just thought that's kind of what he wanted. But then like, even like the text I got from Caleb this morning, he was asking me some questions this morning when he was getting coffee before work. He has a real adult job now. And I remember this little text, I'm just going to pull it up. He said, thanks so much, mom. You always know how to help me feel better. (laughs) He just like, and I was like, but I always got your back. And he said, I can always count on that. And I think, you know, the point is no matter how old uh, the kids get, whether they're your own kids or your students, the love that you share with them and the way your consistency as with anything that we do, consistency is almost always the key. And it definitely is when it comes to being that person for our students and for our kids at home, which also brings us back to then you have to take care of yourself because you're that person for so many people. So it's important that this summer you spend some time doing some things that you love, some things that you wanna try, some things that like bring you joy because you will fill yourself up and be able to pour into others in the future. So. Yeah, I don't know if I answered that question,
0: but that's what I was thinking. Oh, you totally did. What, I mean, what if, what if the best PD this summer is just really taking care of yourself enough to get back to a place where you feel inspired to go to work and to, as you just said there, pour your heart out and, and into the conversations uh, and the work that you're able to do there. And so I'll, I'll ask you, can, I know CrossFit's one, I know spending time with your family is another and so I'm sort of crossing some off of your list, but what are, what's another thing that you feel like fills your bucket on a personal level in those ways?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm engrossed in working out, honestly, <laughs> so it's kind of just one of those things that I absolutely love doing. Today is my rest day, and it's, I fill this day with meetings just because I know I need to, like, take my mind off that I'm not getting to work out today, but it's very much part of the journey. Um, I do also really love writing. I love spending time with my thoughts and making all the parallels, so sometimes, just spending a little extra time journaling. I would love to get back into more of my podcast interviews. I really like doing them too. And I've kind of just been just like plowing along on these new projects with DVC Inc. And I haven't really worked on my own stuff that much, but it's something that really fills my bucket, having these conversations with others and hearing their perspectives. Those are just some of the random things I like doing. Oh
0: yeah. Gosh, I would, and I would even like add to that list too. I love, I personally love traveling. I love anything where I get outside, uh, love bike riding too, is really fun. There's some great trail system stuff here. And I, I do find that the summer affords me a little more time to do those kind of things, which, which does help you recoup and re-energize and be at your best for when you're, you know, the next school year ramps up. And so, um, well, and I'll add to this list, like you said, conversations with good friends. And so Tara, I'm really grateful that you uh, took some time to chat today. It is always crazy to me how fast a half an hour goes. Uh, but, uh, I do want to, I guess, just express my gratitude and maybe give you a little space here at the end to just share. Yeah. Any kind of closing thoughts that you might have or, uh, something that you're excited about, um, with your work or personal life moving forward, something like that.
1: Yeah. So. I would just say, like, if you have an opportunity to be near the waves, do that. I love. I also love the beach. I haven't mentioned that. I'm not getting to visit it anytime soon, so haven't really thought about it. But I love uh, being near the ocean or taking hikes. We like to take family hikes disc golfing my boys are super into disc golf so I like to walk the course with them just things like that but um taking time for those the quote-unquote little things because they usually are the things that people remember like way later it's just like those small little phrases that your your mentors tell you and you never forget them for the rest of your life so taking time for that stuff and honestly something I'm looking forward to Well, my family and I are going to the CrossFit Games at the end of July, so we're really excited about that. My friend Tish and I are going to San Antonio in the middle of July, so I'm excited about that too. It'll be a fun trip and not a work trip. And so moving forward, that's just something that's exciting on my list to do. And then also we are with Gay Burgess Consulting, I know this isn't a pitch, but we have If you're looking for other kinds of professional development we have the dbc university where we're creating online courses so i've become the quote-unquote dean of those courses and i get to help people the instructors create an online course and they are just it's been so much fun to learn a whole new skill set for me as far as the back end of that and helping instructors in that way to create asynchronous learning experiences that are engaging, but also um, just having the opportunity to create some myself. And we're gonna be putting out some free ones. So if you're a teacher and you'll be starting the new year, we have a new year free one that's for teachers. It's just a bunch of different cool a- activities that you can do with students in the uh, fall. And it will be completely free. So do be, keep your eyes out for that in the uh, at the end of the summer. So that'll be fun.
0: Gosh, so many opportunities for teachers to grow over the course of the summer, whether it's through more formal means or um, kind of these ways in which I really appreciate our conversation today to start to think about the fact that we're always learning. And it just depends on the degree to which we're able to either revisit the things that are most important, be mindful in the moments that and the opportunities you have in the day to day, or being intentional about trying to add to your experiences, skills, and uh, conversations enough that uh, you continue to grow. So, uh, Tara, we always have fun getting a chance to chat, friends. So, I'm really grateful for your time. Thanks for chatting with us today, and hopefully, we get a chance to catch up soon.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.